Thank you for joining the U.S. Army Corps of Engineers Northwestern Division for today's Missouri River Basin Water Management Conference call and webinar. Those invited to attend include congressional representatives, tribal and state and local government officials to include emergency managers, local levy sponsors, and the media. Today's call will follow a slightly different format. Because we were unable to hold our public meeting, we will be presenting to you a condensed version of our public meeting presentations. The full-length versions are being recorded and will be posted to our website for access on Monday, April 13th. We will hold question and answer sessions with the public April 20th through the 23rd so they can view the videos and then present their questions to the Corps. The presentations today will provide an update from the NOAA Climate Prediction Center, the National Weather Service Missouri Basin River Forecast Center, and the, core, and the core on plans for operating the Missouri River Main Stem Dam. We will not have presentations on levee status or repair, however. We do have representatives from Omaha and Kansas City District on the line, and they will be available to answer questions during the question and answer session. I am Eileen Williamson, and I will be moderating today's call. Slides from today's call are available on our website at NWD. Dash mr .usace .army .mil rcc and linked in a press release that was sent earlier this week. These calls are recorded and placed on the Defense Video and Imagery Distribution System at www.dvidshub.net unit usace nwd Your participation acknowledges your consent to be recorded. For the convenience of our media representatives, the final slide of this presentation includes each speaker's name, title, and contact information. All lines have been placed on mute. When we get to the question and answer session to, to unmute your line and ask a question, press star six. Please be aware that the force mute function does not work on all phones, so if I ask, please use your phone's own mute function to avoid interrupting the call. Do not place the call on hold. Calls for questions will not be part of the recording if none are asked. Today's agenda includes Doug Cluck from NOAA with the Climate Outlook, Kevin Lau from the National Weather Service with Basin Conditions and Flood Outlook, and the Missouri River Water Management staff from the Army Corps of Engineers will present the 2020 runoff forecast in reservoir details. With that, I'll turn it over to you. Doug? All right. Uh, thank you, Eileen. Thanks thank to the Corps. Everybody can hear me, I hope. Yes? Yeah. Okay. Uh, thank you all. Um, I'm actually trying to pull up the, uh, the webinar, but I guess I won't fiddle with that right now. So we're going to go through the slide deck here. I'm assuming you have the uh, uh, slide two, Missouri Basin Climate Summary and Outlook up. Is that correct? Yes. All right. Let's go to the next slide. <clears throat> So just a brief overview of what's been going on since the beginning of this year in terms of temperature and precipitation. Uh, departure from normal temperatures on the left there, wherever you see yellows, oranges, and reds, that's above normal. So most of the basin, as you can see, has been uh, a little to a lot warmer than you, uh, normal for the first uh, more or less three months, last 90 days. Uh, a, little, a little cooler and... Um, uh, yeah, a little cooler to the north and west, and, and maybe a little bit to the to the north up there. But really, nothing um, too amazing, other than relatively warm. Uh, and then the lower right 
picture on this uh, slide shows where uh, is basically looking at the percentage of normal precipitation. Again, uh, mostly mostly dry conditions. Wherever you see yellow to orange to red colors uh, for the first 90 days, there are spots here and there uh, in the upper basin of above normal and near normal um, precipitation, but. Uh, it's the lower basin where we've seen uh, considerable above normal precipitation for the first night or last 90 days, more or less. Um, so that's where we're still wet, uh, or at least at the surface. Next slide. Um, <clears throat> this is just looking back at March and sort of how we rank in terms of wetness. And this more or less reflects the pattern for the first, uh, first 90 days, or last 90 days, I should say. Um, Wherever you see kind of the t uh, orange to tan color, that's a that's that means our rank in the last 126 years um, is relatively warm. Uh, so, for example, Nebraska is 107th. Um, I always get this backwards, but it's uh, let's see, the 19th warmest year uh, on record of 126 years, basically, is what that's saying. So. Generally warm. Uh, the only place near normal is Montana in terms of temperature. For March, looking at March precipitation ranks, you see quite a different, or a little bit of a different story there. Again, Missouri being uh, being green, meaning uh, well above normal in terms of uh, precipitation for the state for the month of March. Whereas you look upper basin, you see uh, uh, the driest state is uh, North Dakota as a whole, and then uh, Montana and Wyoming also being relatively dry <clears throat> for the entire state. So kind of a mixed, uh, mixed bag there in terms of precipitation for March. Going to the next slide, um, I think every, uh, the other, uh, other folks will talk about this too. That oval, that oval area is more or less the, uh, uh, where the Missouri Basin gets its water from snowpack and such. Those are the snowpack percentages of normal in terms of water equivalent on the ground. So as you can see, anything over 100 is above normal, and uh, we're basically saying slightly above normal snowpack, average in some places, but uh, snowpack's good from a water supply point of view. Uh, going on to the next slide, we should have a picture of the plain, uh, the whole, ba almost the whole basin, I should say, um, there is no snow in the plains any longer. Um, that's going to change over the weekend. But for now, um, right now, uh, uh, relatively little snow melt to worry about in terms of plains snow. Obviously, the mountains still have snow and Black Hills and all that business. Uh, next slide, which should show total precipitation outlook through April 15th. Um, and I looked at the uh, a newer version of this came out um, today, but generally it's the same pattern. Where you see darker sort of shades of blue and dark green, that's more that's more precipitation. Where the darkest green in there is a half an inch or more, uh, the blues are anything from uh, three quarters to an inch of precipitation. And you can see that sl uh, um, uh, area between the Rockies. Wow into Nebraska, western South Dakota, into Iowa, all showing uh, uh, relatively wet conditions for the next seven days, but not nothing phenomenal like in the southeast part of the U.S. 
which could get three to four or more inches of rain uh, over this period, this one-week period. So uh, I am going to talk a little bit about, if we go to the next slide, so it's hazards over the next uh, oh, three to seven days, more or less, basically this weekend into early part of next week. Um, there is, and, and this has been updated as well, uh, but that heavy snow area now extends to the Black Hills and out through uh, western Nebraska. So there's a chance, uh, a good chance of heavy snows. Uh, obviously in the mountains, it'll uh, replenish some of the, or not replenish, it'll add to some of the uh, snowpack out there. And that blue line, that big blue line over the middle part of the country is all indicating below normal temperatures for the next few days. We're already getting a taste of that. If you're in the Missouri Basin, it's already gotten cooler. Um, it's going to actually, um, uh, well, I'll show you in just a minute the week two forecast how that, that cold air is more or less going to stick around. So big snows in the short term. And then here's the week two, April 16th to the 22nd outlook calling for uh, a very high percentage chance of below normal temperatures for most of the nation, as a matter of fact. On the left, um, I won't go into the probabilities there, but the darker the shade, the higher the probability of uh, below normal temperatures. Now, in terms of temperature, or I'm sorry, in terms of precipitation, uh, wherever you see a uh, sort of a tan or brownish color, that is a below normal, uh, this is the, uh, uh, sorry, this is the, uh, image on the right part of the screen, wherever you see that tan or orange, there's a below normal chance of um, precipitation or below normal precipitation for that area. So with all that cold air coming down, that usually indicates fairly dry air. Uh, you see a little bit of green into Wyoming. Uh, in Colorado, that indicates there's a, a slightly higher chance of above normal precipitation to that area. Most of that, especially in the higher elevations, is going to uh, probably materialize as snow. Um, so that's the week two outlook, and here are the this is the hazards for week two uh, as of yesterday afternoon. And again, all those blue lines uh, sort of encircling each other. The middle blue line there shows where it's going. The highest probability of below normal temperatures are across the country. So we're looking next week. 16th to the 22nd, uh, of being um, pretty, pretty chilly in this area. So not a big impact, I suppose, uh, more or less on the rivers and such, but more of an impact on agriculture and uh, our backyard gardens. So on we go. Um, now it should say April 2020 temperature and precipitation outlook. This was done at the end of March, this, this particular forecast. Indicating below normal temperatures for the northwestern part of the country, upper basin, uh, better chances for that, and actually conversely, uh, 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 better chances for above normal temperatures for the, the extreme lower basin uh, for the entire month of April. This may or may not pan out the way things are going. It may be a lot more cool than uh, um, what, we're for, what we forecasted back then. Uh, it also shows indications of above normal, uh, yeah, above normal precipitation, all for most of the basin. But again, um, this, if I were, to, if we were to update this, would probably uh, be tweaked a little bit more to show uh, the mountains getting, mountains and uh, higher elevations getting uh, maybe above normal precipitation for for, for April. Anyway, um, let's move on to the April through June temperature and precipitation outlooks. 
more or less calling for uh, as a slight enhancement of, uh, of above normal probabilities for temperature. So not strong, in fact, very weak um, leaning towards warmer temperatures across the Missouri Basin. And in the upper basin, really uh, uh, not a strong forecast for above or below normal temperatures, just what we call EC, equal chances of above, near normal, and below temperatures. And then the image on the right, lower right, the precipitation image uh, shows that there is an enhanced probability of above normal precipitation for much of the basin. I'll say the eastern, oh, two-thirds of the basin, something like that, um, into the Midwest. That's what the green is showing there. And then equal chances for uh, most of the high country there, um, April through June. And then the next slide is pretty much, I think, the yeah, the final slide. Uh, the current conditions somewhat drier over the last few months. That's been good. Warmer temperatures mainly uh, across most of the basin. That's been good uh, to get rid of some of the excess uh, uh, soil moisture. Not that it's gone. We're still we're still. We still have enhanced soil moisture, something uh, I think others will talk about later in this uh, program. And then the outlook, temperatures cool next couple weeks, then increased chances for above normal temperatures through the early summer. <coughs> Excuse me. I'm going to actually, uh, I, I didn't show the map, but I'll also say that into July, those uh, pretty much the same pattern in terms of temperature being above normal except for the northern uh, reaches of the area. And then precipitation generally leans towards above normal uh, for much of the basin, not all of it, but definitely the eastern half or two-thirds of the basin for sure. Um, and I think that's all I, I have at the moment. Um, I'll just make one quick plug. If you are interested in getting an update of conditions similar to this but with a lot more uh, <laughs> a lot more. Uh, information, or I get not a lot more information, but a lot more on um, climate and, um, and and agriculture and other sectors impacted. We do have a webinar scheduled for next Thursday at 1 p.m., and thank you to the Corps for providing information for that as well. If you're interested in that, send me an email, and I'll, I'll get you linked up. Thank you. Thanks, Doug. And to you, Kevin Lyle. All righty. Thank sure. you, Eileen. Uh, good afternoon, everyone. My name is Kevin Lau, and I'm with the National Weather Service Missouri Basin River Forecast Center uh, in Kansas City. And I, too, want, wish to thank the Corps of Engineers for uh, allowing us the opportunity to, to participate in today's call. Um, as has been mentioned, uh, snowpack conditions in the mountains um, can be generally categorized as normal to slightly above normal. Uh, next week is typically the time we reach the seasonal peak snow water equivalent accumulation, and therefore uh, we should have an excellent picture now of what the mountain snow uh, snowpack contribution to the Missouri River Basin uh, runoff will be. Uh, last week, the National Weather Service issued its April water supply forecast for the mountains, and we do project a near-normal mountain runoff uh, for the 2020 season. Um, the National Weather Service is, not, is projecting little to no significant river flooding from mountain snowmelt alone this year. 
Uh, as Doug says, mild temperatures and uh, relatively low precipitation, especially over the northern tier of states during March, has led to a, an improvement in uh, river flood potential. Uh, there, of course, remains no plains snowpack, and there remains no appreciable frozen ground conditions. Uh, again, as Doug mentioned, a warm March, and for many areas, a dry March, has allowed some drying of the soils. However, soil moisture conditions uh, still remain abnormally wet across most or much of the basin, and so there does still remain an enhanced risk for flooding, especially across the eastern third of the basin. Uh, the likelihood for flooding is increased anywhere from uh, 10% to uh, more than 50% greater than normal for much of the eastern portion of the basin. During the past 30 days, we have seen major flooding uh, along the James River in South Dakota and minor flooding along the uh, Vermilion River in South Dakota. We've experienced minor uh, flooding within the Milk River Basin in Montana, including the Milk River itself. The, uh, both the Little Sioux and the Big Sioux Rivers in South Dakota and Iowa have seen minor to moderate level flooding over the past month, and numerous creeks and rivers across the state of Missouri have experienced minor to moderate flooding uh, during March. The Missouri River itself has witnessed minor to moderate flooding uh, in various reaches between Nebraska City, Nebraska, and the mouth at West. Looking ahead uh, through the end of June, the National Weather Service projects moderate-level flooding likely, uh, again, in the Milk River Basin in Montana, moderate to major-level flooding along the Big Sioux in South Dakota, moderate-level flooding along the Vermilion in South Dakota, and primarily minor-level flooding along the Little Sioux in Iowa. The Nishnabotna River in western Iowa is also expected to see flooding this spring. Minor to moderate level flooding is likely in the Big Blue River Basin in Nebraska and Kansas. Minor to moderate level flooding in the Meridicine Osage River Basin, Kansas and Missouri. Minor to moderate level flooding in the Grand and the Sheraton Rivers in Missouri. And flooding is also likely along many of the smaller tributaries to the Missouri River uh, within the state of Missouri, uh, state of Missouri as well. And thunderstorm activity is the primary driver for springtime and early summer flooding in the eastern third of the basin. The Missouri River itself is expected to see episodic, minor to moderate level flooding extending from Nebraska City to the mouth. Many of the levees along the Missouri River downstream of Gavin's Point have yet to be fully restored after last year's flood. Although the National Weather Service is in continual communication with other federal agencies, such as the Corps and the USGS, with regard to current stage flow relationships, river stage outlooks and short forecast will have a high degree of uncertainty due to the current state of the channel and floodplain. Thank you, and this concludes the National Weather Service Flood Potential Brief. All right. Thank you, Kevin. And I'll hand it over to John Raymond. Thank you, Eileen. Good afternoon. I'm John Remus, Chief of the Missouri River Basin Water Management Division. Our office is responsible for regulating the Missouri River Mainstream Reservoir System. I will provide some general remarks, and then I will turn the discussion over to my senior staff for more detailed information. This call will be, as Eileen said, this call will be slightly different than our uh, usual monthly stakeholder calls as we are trying to uh, uh, 
uh, make this part of a virtual uh, meeting that will include the, uh, the government uh, agencies that are on this call as well as the public, and Eileen will be providing some more information about that later in the discussion. We are about a month into the 2020 runoff season, and I want to assure everyone in the basin that the Corps remains fully committed to our flood risk reduction mission, protecting stakeholders when we can from significant hydrologic events that pose a threat to human health and safety. Floods can and will occur regardless of basin or system conditions, including ice-induced flooding during the winter freeze-in and spring breakup periods, and flooding due to thunderstorms, particularly along the lower Missouri River, which cannot be mitigated by the operation of the main stem reservoir system. Further, it is important to understand that the volume, timing, and location of that at which runoff enters the system significantly impacts the timing and amount of releases from our projects. Each runoff season or flood event is unique. Care should be taken when comparing one event to another. People throughout the basin have been and continue to be directly impacted, some severely impacted, by the 2019 flooding. The Corps is well aware of the damage that last year's flooding has caused, and we are doing all we can to reduce the impacts and assist in the recovery. We posted our April 1, 2020 upper basin runoff forecast last week. The forecasted 2020 upper basin runoff is 35.5 million acre feet. This is a decrease of 1.4 million acre feet from our March 1st forecast, but it is still uh, an upper decile runoff. Uh, Kevin Grody will provide more details on this current runoff forecast. A large runoff does not necessarily mean flooding. As I mentioned earlier, the volume, timing, and location at which runoff occurs is important. However, there is, as uh, Kevin Miles stated, an increased potential for high flows and higher than average releases and people need to be aware of this. We will continue to monitor the basin and can monitor the basin conditions, excuse me, and make adjustments as needed. As the spring and summer runoff continues, we may have to make several release changes from all of our projects. Ideally, we would be able to provide some advance notice of these changes through press releases and social media posts. However, this may not be possible in all cases. Therefore, I encourage all interested parties to check the Missouri River Basin Water Management and the National Weather Service websites on a daily basis for the most up-to-date information on system conditions and forecasted river stages. Lastly, the COVID-19 pandemic has affected all of our lives. However, the current national emergency has not diverted our focus from, our operating, from operating the Missouri River Main Stem System. The Missouri River Basin Water Management Office remains fully functional. We have a standing continuity of operations plan, sometimes referred to as a COOP. We recently tested the COOP in January of this year and activated the COOP in February for a non-COVID-19 related incident. The process work is intended and I am confident that we will remain fully functional as the ongoing pandemic emergency unfolds. Somebody has a hot mic out there. Please make sure that you mute your phone. Lastly, I would like to thank uh, Doug Cluck and Kevin Lau for participating in this call. And that concludes my remarks. Thank you very much. I will turn the discussion over to Kevin Grody. Thank you, John. So now I am on slide 17. So we're going to talk about March 1st. 
So warmer than normal temperatures resulted in the melting of most of the plain snow in eastern and central Dakotas during the month of March. As a result, upper basin runoff last month was 5.5 million acre-feet, almost two times average. This slide shows the three runoff components, plains snowmelt, mountain snowmelt, and rainfall runoff. Our runoff forecast for 2020 is 35.5 million acre-feet, 138% of average. We update this forecast each month and more often if conditions change significantly. For some of you, you may ask, what does 35.5 million acre-feet mean? Well, in 2019, we saw an upper basin runoff of 60.9 million acre-feet, which was the second highest runoff in 122 years of record. If realized, our forecast of 35.5 million acre-feet would be the 12th highest runoff in 122 years of record. So now we move to slide 18. This graph shows those 122 years of upper basin runoff. You can see the bars for 2011 and 2019, the highest and second highest years. This graph also shows how variable the runoff has been since 1898 when the record keeping began. I'm now on slide 19. This graph shows that 35.5 million acre foot forecast for 2020 and how it stacks up month by month. The red bars indicate the long-term average for each month. The three blue bars indicate the runoff that we've already seen in 2020. And as you can see, runoff in January, February, and March have all been above average, primarily due to the very wet soil conditions throughout the upper basin. And as we see by the yellow bars, we are forecasting runoff to be above average for every month this year. So now we move to slide 20. The first runoff component is plains snow. The upper left graphic shows that the plains snowpack peaked in late February. For much of the upper basin, plains snowpack was fairly sparse. However, there were areas of eastern and central North and South Dakota that plain snow was fairly heavy. This graph shows that the snow water equivalent or the liquid content of the snow. And at its peak, there were areas in the Dakotas that had four to five, and in some areas, five to six inches of snow water equivalent. Now, as Kevin Lau mentioned, most of the snow melted by the last week in March, and the lower right graph shows the plain snow as of April 9th. An early spring snowstorm did occur over the upper, upper basin last week, but most of that snow has melted. I'm now on slide 21. So the second component of runoff is the mountain snowpack. As Kevin Lau mentioned, the mountain snowpack normally accumulates starting in October and peaks around April 15th. Mountain snowpack affects the upper two main stem projects, Fort Peck and Garrison. And as seen on this graphic, mountain snowpack is accumulating at slightly above average rates in both reaches. So let's move to slide 22 and talk about the third component of runoff, which is rainfall. 
Now, Doug Cluck spoke to some of this earlier in his talk. So briefly, these images show National Weather Service's three-month precipitation outlooks for the next six months. The upper left graphic indicates a slightly increased chance for above-normal precipitation in the upper basin for April, May, and June. And the lower right graphic indicates equal chances for above-normal, normal, and below-normal precipitation in the basin for July, August, and September. And finally, my last slide is slide 23, which shows the basin conditions. The upper left graphic is from the National Drought Mitigation Center, which indicates that only a small area of eastern Colorado is experiencing any sort of drought conditions in the Missouri Basin. The lower right graphic indicates soil moisture conditions. The darker the shade of green, the wetter the soils. South Dakota and parts of Montana are as green as it can get, which means that soil conditions continue to be very wet through those areas. While not as dark a green as South Dakota, the other areas of the entire basin indicate that soils continue to be very saturated. With highly saturated soils, there is less infiltration and more runoff for any rainfall event. So that concludes my part of the presentation. I'll now turn it over to Mike Swenson to speak to reservoir studies. Okay, thanks, Kevin. Uh, first off, I would just mention Gavin's Point releases averaged 33,100 CFS in March. Releases are currently at 35,000 CFS and will remain at that rate in April, downstream conditions permitting. Slide 25 shows the reservoir system storage. Currently, the system storage is at 58.7 million acre-feet, utilizing 2.6 million acre-feet of the total 16.3 of flood storage space. Approximately 84% of the flood storage is available to store runoff in the coming months. Moving on to slide 26, Fort Peck, Garrison, and Oahe are currently 1.9, 2.9, and 2.4 feet above their base of their respective flood control pools. Fort Randall Reservoir is 5.3 feet above the base of the flood control zone, which is its normal late spring and summer operating elevation. Next slide. Uh, the basic simulation uses the runoff forecast that Kevin just discussed. Due to the amount of variability in precipitation and other hydrologic factors that can occur over the next several months, we also develop an upper and lower runoff that are then used in the upper and lower basic simulations. These simulation, simulations provide a range of reservoir elevations and releases that may be expected under the different runoff scenarios. The discussion to follow will focus on the basic or most likely runoff forecast. The other runoff scenarios are shown on these elevation graphs, and more information on the other scenarios is posted on our webpage. Slide 27 shows the system storage. The blue line is that basic condition that's uh, based on the runoff that Kevin discussed earlier. System storage is currently 5.3 million acre feet less than last year at this time. Under the basic forecast, system storage peaks this summer around 63 million acre-feet. Moving on to slide 28, this shows Fort Peck Reservoir Elevation. As shown on the basic forecast, 
Again, that's the blue line. Fort Peck Reservoir is expected to peak near elevation 2240.4. That's 6.4 feet into the 16-foot flood pool, which extends from elevation 2234 to 2250. Peak releases are expected to average about 11,000 CFS this summer. Slide 29. Again, this shows Fort Peck's, or excuse me, Garrison's Reservoir elevation. Garrison Reservoir is expected to peak near elevation 1845.5, that's 8 feet into the 16.5 foot flood pool, which extends from elevation 1837.5 to 1854. Peak releases are expected to be about 27,000 CFS this summer. Moving on to slide 30, which shows Oahe. Oahe Reservoir is expected to peak near elevation 1614.8, 7.3 feet into the 12.5-foot flood pool, which extends from elevation 1607.5 to 1620. Peak daily releases are expected to average about 35,000 CFS. Moving on to the next slide. The service level is used to determine releases from Gavin's Point Dam to support navigation and to help provide an 8- to 9-foot deep navigation channel downstream. The navigation service level at the start of the navigation season is typically based on the March 15th system storage. Because of the higher than normal runoff forecast under the basic simulation, releases from Gavin's Point are currently at the expanded service level. In other words, they are above full service navigation as to evacuate flood water and maintain some flood control storage in the upper reservoirs. Monthly average releases are expected to range from 33,000 CFS in the spring and into the summer, up to 40,000 CFS in the fall. Releases will be reduced in response to downstream flooding when appropriate. The service level for the remainder of the navigation season and the navigation season length are based on the July 1st system storage. Under the basic forecast, flow support for navigation would be above full service after the July 1st storage check and a full eight-month navigation season with a 10-day extension would be provided. Energy generation at the main stem dams under the basic simulation is 11.2 billion kilowatt hours. The long-term average is 9.4 billion kilowatt hours. Slide 32 shows the Missouri River Basin weekly update, which is found on our website at the address shown at the top of the slide. This webpage gives a general overview of the current condition in the Missouri River Basin and is updated weekly, usually on Tuesday morning. Thank you, and that concludes my remarks. Thanks, Mike. This is slide 33, and it indicates that we will hold five college sessions for questions and answers from April 20th through 23rd. So we will be recording videos of the full annual operating plan presentation and posting those to our website next week. A press release will be sent out with call-in information for those sessions and details for how to participate. Our next monthly update call will be Thursday, May 7th at 1 p.m. Uh, invitations for these calls are sent to a blind CC email list. We have noted that several email servers reject email as spam when it is sent to a blind CC address or when it comes uh, as a distribution list. So please ensure that you have cenwd-pa at usace.army.mil 
as an accepted uh, sender for your email. We post regular updates and graphics to Facebook and Twitter at NWDUSACE, and we have established an information portal on our agency website at nwd.usace.army.mil slash MRWM slash MRWM app. I'll move into the question and answer period. I'm going to manage questions based on groups and locations. We will start with congressional, tribal, state, and local governments, and then move to the media. Please wait for your group and state to be called, and remember to press star six to unmute your phone. Okay, start with state of Iowa. Kansas. Missouri. Montana, Nebraska, North Dakota, South Dakota, Wyoming. I will move to the media. Again, star six to unmute your phone. Please state your name and the organization you represent before you ask your question. State of Iowa. Kansas, Missouri, we have 85 callers, just checking to see, make sure you guys are still there. Uh, questions from the media, state of Missouri, last call, star six to unmute, Montana. Nebraska, North Dakota, South Dakota, Wyoming. Okay. Uh, before we adjourn, I do want to ask uh, if there is media on the call and just simply do not have any questions. Um, we're, we're at a time where people are probably very focused on the COVID-19 and may not be paying as close attention to the Missouri Basin. And as Kevin Lau pointed out and as Doug Clark pointed out and as Mike Swenson pointed out, rain events can and could lead, lead to flooding in the lower basin. And it is something that we need to ensure that the public does not lose sight of. So. If you have no questions, we understand that, but we do ask that you please help get our message to the public to ensure that they do still continue to pay attention. Uh, one last call for questions, star six to unmute your phone. All right, I'm gonna hand it over to John Remus with one last message before we adjourn. Yes, thank you, Eileen. Uh, you just kind of follow up on what Eileen said, we will be having five uh, public conference calls and that there will be a press release going out. We would like to ask that uh, the members of the media um, help us get that message out so the people can um, both not just view our videos but also call in and that they know that that's available for them. With that, thank you and I'll turn it over for Eileen for anything last remarks. Thank you, John. Thank you.
this next call is scheduled for Thursday, May 7 uh, at 1 p.m. Uh, as I mentioned, the videos will be loaded to our website on Monday. We'll send a press release with links to those videos and be scheduled for the conference calls. Thank you.